Hello and welcome to another episode of the Quacked Out Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Folkstead, joined as always by Reed Tingley. Reed, you now, first off, you you have a new position. Am I right? Yes. Yes. My boy's correct. employed. I'm employed indeed. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm joining the man Max Torres over at uh, Ducks Digest, which is under the Sports Illustrated umbrella. So you can find that site. Um, it's just uh, si.com backslash college backslash Oregon. Uh, so pretty simple on that. Yeah, go over to Ducks Digest. Uh, I'll be posting some work as a writer there, and Max already has a lot of great work up on the site. So a lot. You're not exaggerating yeah. there. Like yeah, he's he's pumping out like three stories a day, which is awesome. So we're trying to grow that site. Um, and yeah, you all should go check out check out that content. It's all um, it's all free right now. So yeah, go look at it. Yep, expecting great things from you guys. Um, and there's already some stuff up there, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, first off, welcome to spring. We are officially in spring football somewhere we didn't even get last year. Um, (laughs) we got two practices under our belt, if I'm counting correctly. Uh, first one on Thursday, another one yesterday, today being, we're recording this on Sunday the 4th. Um, we'll talk about some things we saw from there, some news we got out of spring, uh, Cristobal has been having a few press conferences, um, got some roster changes, uh, and then we'll just kind of give a general, general look at where we're at overall with the scholarships. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm just so excited to be back in spring practice. We didn't yeah, get this I, at all last season and it really hurt. Yeah, it's nice, especially, um, you know, I mean, obviously we're a football podcast, but um, after the end of those uh, Oregon men's and women's hoop seasons to kind of get, be able to pick right back up into football season and get excited about that is nice. On the same day they ended, no less. It was a tough yeah, day. It's a tough day indeed. Um, shout out to all the Zags fans, though. You know, you guys deserve it. Great game last night. Uh, couldn't have asked for a more entertaining finish, but yeah, okay, yeah. But let's get back to football. So, um, we had a few. First of all, let's start with recruiting. We had a few commitments uh, since we last spoke. I, a few being mm-hmm. two, I think. Uh, right. The first being Trajan Williams, obviously safety from Jefferson. Uh, this was kind of this is like a long time coming sort of deal. Uh, four star safety, but closed it out um and then yesterday a couple days ago maybe three days ago yeah a couple days ago yeah uh stefan johnson from texas committed uh only a three star so far but uh, a lot of indication that he's going to have a lot more ability than that or at least potential than that um so some guys to be excited about uh first off let's talk about williams why why should we be excited about him yeah, well, I think, you know, my first reaction when we got that news is is obviously in college football, a big thing is you got to lock down your state recruiting footprint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Oregon is not uh, obviously the most talent-rich state, but when you get a, you know, top 250 player who comes through, grows up essentially right in your backyard, you have to bring them in because that's, you know, that, those are the easier ones. Those are guys that you can you know, just take a drive down to visit them. They grow up already wanting to go to your school. And if you can nail and lock in those players, then that gives you more time to allocate to recruiting nationally or recruiting in nearby states like California, uh, Arizona recently, Texas as we're moving into. So, um, so you know, even though I think some people think of it as, oh, this is a give me commitment. Uh, you know, he's right in Portland. He goes to Jefferson. Uh, We've kind of known that he was probably going to join the fold for a while. It's just important to lock it in um, because it gives you more time to go elsewhere. And because, you know, uh, not every program does lock these in. I mean, the most obvious example is Washington's 2021 cycle (laughs) with like Emeka Agbuka and JT Tuamalau. They, you know, they thought for a long time that they were going to lock those players in and they seemingly have not. 
So, you know, you got to, you got to get them when you, when they're um, a little easier, when they're right in your backyard. So that's big. Um, I mean, as a player, I think that, you know, anyone that you see in that top and with a four star next to their name has the potential to really pop. I mean, he's, you know, as a safety product, uh, as a safety prospect, he's rated, you know, not that far off of what uh, Javon Holland was rated. Mm-hmm. And so obviously Javon Holland outperformed his rating. Um, but anytime you have someone in the four star range there, they kind of have that potential to really pop if they get the right development. Um, so I'm excited. I'm super excited for that. I also think, you know, you look back at where we were at safety kind of once Javon Holland's you know, speaking of Holland, once he sat out of last, opted out of last season, mm-hmm. we were kind of in a tough spot at safety. Um, you know, Verone McKinley had some experience, but, uh, yeah, you Jamal know. Jamal Hill had a few good plays towards the end of the year, but yeah, it was, there, we were still kind of without that guy back there. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think now, you know, we bring in, you know, we've got the freshman on campus, Damon David and Jeffrey Bossa. And now with this class, we've hit on Hullaby. Um, and then just now Trajan Williams. So that really feels like, you know, what was kind of a question mark um, looking back, you know, six or eight months ago is now feeling like, you know, we're in a really good position with this, uh, with this safety group going forward. So I'm excited for that, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Steve Stevens maybe hopping into that starting role next season. Uh, but again, yeah. Bossa, McKinley the usual suspects all in the mix. Bennett Williams, possibly, but he might right. be doing more nickel. Um, but yeah, I, I think Williams is a great example, like you said, of just holding down an in-state guy. It's one of those where it's it's just embarrassing if you don't get the guy to sign. Um, right. So you might as well put in the effort and just lock it down. Uh, just for uh, shits and gigs. Here's a couple of the other offers he received. He got a Penn State offer. That was kind of the only one outside like the Northwest, although I guess he did get Kansas, but we're not really counting that. Um, like <laughs> yeah, Indiana, <not. laughs> like whatever. Um, right. USC also offered him Arizona State, uh, UW, basically every other Pac-12 school. Yeah. Uh, and like Jackson State, which I believe is the HBCU coached by... Uh, Primetime, is it not? Yeah, primetime, Deion Sanders. I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, but that was after the Ducks had already, day after the Ducks had already offered, and it's pretty clear that, you know, once once it was clear that we could get him, he, he was ready. Um, yeah, yeah and, and to that point, I think also that offer list is probably a little bit reduced because of the fact that uh, Oregon came in and offered, and we sorted out kind of at one time, there's some NCAA rule complications with mm-hmm. the fact that we had his, his former coach on staff. Um, so once that got sorted out and it was clear Oregon was going to be able to recruit him, I think that a lot of uh, national programs kind of backed off and thought, you know, it wasn't really worth going after this kid because they know how fiercely Cristobal recruits and, you know, just thought that the Ducks were going to lock him uh, in as they ultimately did. Yep. Exactly. Um, okay, let's move on to the next commit, uh, Stefan Johnson. This one is something that I'm sure you'll be able to shed some light on. Th- this is an interesting commitment because recent in recent years, we've obviously seen a bigger national recruiting focus for the Ducks than, than mm-hmm. usual, um, specifically from Texas. And this is another Texas guy. What should we know about Stefan Johnson? Yeah, well, I think you know, kind of doing the same sort of thing in terms of the significance of this recruitment uh, and this this commitment, you got to look at the fact that he does hail from Texas. Um, you know, the second player that we've picked up from the Lone Star State in this class to go along with Landon Hullaby. And they actually were friends, um, have known each other, played, played together going back to, I think, since they were like 10 years old. Um, so they had a relationship already. Um, and not only was Holoby a guy who kind of um, was was amongst the first to congratulate Johnson, but they also um, have since kind of, uh, you know, started to try to shift their focus to some other potential um, targets from the state of Texas and kind of trying to grow that footprint. Um, you know, 
the big name is is this offensive tackle Kelvin Banks, um, who's very close with Stephon Johnson. Um, he's a five star. Um, so you know that's a huge deal, obviously, because when you think of college football recruiting, the three most talent rich states out there are California, Texas, and Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had our kind of uh, shop set up in California on in the start of the Cristobal era. And now I think that this uh, has started to show a shift towards opening up the state of Texas and trying to grow a stronghold in there. And in part, that's a response to Texas, uh, the University of Texas hiring Steve Sarkeesian as their head coach mm-hmm. and him kind of trying to uh, draw talent from the West Coast. So it's yeah, uh, I believe you know, I believe him explicitly saying we will recruit California better. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of a tip for tat there with with Chris Ball uh, responding. Um, so I actually am gonna and uh, am in the process of writing a story on kind of uh, you know that effort of the Ducks to enter Texas um, and kind of build a, a stronghold and a pipeline there. Um, so I should have that up early this week again on the site Ducks Digest. Um, and uh, yeah, Max Torres already has an interview uh, with Johnson over there, an article on the impact he's having, uh, his commitment has, um, and a bunch of other good stuff. Um, so, you know, that's that's the deal in terms of the impact of this commitment. But then just as a player, I think that Stephon Johnson uh, is a really fluid athlete. Um, he's, you know, kind of kind of has a lot of potential to increase his ranking from that uh, high three star to probably picking up a four star down the road. And you kind of don't want to, you know, be the person who every time Oregon says Oregon gets a three star, you know, the, the kind of natural thing from the fan base is, oh, this guy's underrated. He's really a four star. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you, I'm, you know, I try not to go down that path too much. But I do really think, you know, Stephon Johnson has a lot of talent. Um, and especially, I think there's some, uh, you know, uh, that that um, statement has a little more weight to it because this has been such a weird offseason in terms of evaluations mm-hmm. that I think those are delayed. And I think, you know, um, the, I think Stephon Johnson really is a type is the type of guy who wants there's more evaluations once camps open up in-person evaluations and that whole thing gets going, uh, his name will will see some traction in the rankings. Yeah, and I mean, as always, if he wasn't good enough to play for us, we wouldn't be recruiting him. So right. there, there's no worries there. Uh, you mentioned that um, Hullaby and Johnson might be uh, helping pull some other guys from Texas. Uh, I know you already mentioned Kelvin Banks, but Ducks also have their eye eyes on some other targets uh from texas four-star wideout chris marshall um this is from max's uh oregon football recruiting hot board which again you guys can find on ducks digest uh go to the recruiting tab and then scroll down to the hot board um what are some other guys we should be looking out for that are on this list i don't want to give everything away but you know maybe pick out a few yeah well i think um you know, one other thing in general uh, that I would that has kind of um, a recent piece of recruiting news is um, comes from a Portland uh, reporter, Andrew Nimick. Uh, just a little thing he said in his in his most recent podcast was he said he thought that this cycle would transition uh, would would be a cycle of of big swings, kind of going at uh, after five star or borderline five star talent. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of filling up with with a few of those rather than, um, you know, having kind of the depth of four stars that we had in the last class. So I think that's interesting. I mean, Nemec is not like the biggest insider in the Oregon market by any any um, anyone's estimation, really. But <laughs> but, you know, when he says that type of thing, uh, I kind of think I kind of wonder what he's hearing. Um, and so along that lines, I mean, the five stars that you'd be looking at right now are um, T-Tero uh, McMillan. I probably kind of butchered that. Uh, five-star ri- wide receiver out of Servite, uh, California, I believe. Um, 
And then, uh, of course, um, like we said, there's Kelvin Banks Jr., the offensive tackle out of Texas, and then Walter Nolan is a defensive tackle out of Tennessee. Um, so those are those are some uh, big names that are five stars that I think uh, you know are going to be big targets on the board. But yeah, like you said, go check out that story up on Ducks Digest, and then I'm going to have another one kind of collecting a few more of those names from the Texas. Um, you know, that, that might, uh, come up both in the 2022 class and then the 2023 class, um, based on the staff's kind of increased effort in Texas going forward. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you and Max are all over this stuff, so be sure to, I know 247 and Scoop Duck are kind of the main, and I guess you could say Twitter sort of have for a long time been the main hubs of this, but I mean, there's great information out there. You just got to be willing to look for it. And this is one place you should be looking for it. Um, speaking of looking for things, it, <laughs> we've we've been getting some questions about like, oh, who's who's doing well in spring practice and who's doing what. Um, as we transition from recruiting, uh, we can't go to practice. Nobody can go to practice except uh, one media member, and that's Rob Mosley because he works for the University of Oregon. Uh, he does great work though. Um, so check his stuff out on goducks.com if you don't already. Um, his practice reports are invaluable information. They're basically the only information, actually. Right. Um, <laughs> so those are really helpful. And we've we've learned quite a bit, even from just two practice reports already. So let's get into it a little bit. First of all, some big roster news, um, just in terms of personnel. Uh Unfortunately, we had three guys medically retire. Uh, none of them played last season uh, for various reasons, but linebackers Samson New, offensive lineman Chris Randazzo, and another offensive lineman, Joa Tawanu'u. Jonah Tawanu'u. Yeah, I think I got that right. Yeah, um, yeah you, you actually did pretty well there. Oh, thank you. You say <laughs> it fast and, you know, kind of right. torts itself <laughs> out. Um, unfortunately, they've all had to medically retire, and uh, our favorite player on the damn team running back Sean Dollars is now out uh he'll probably be out for we would assume the beginning of the season at least um yeah the the way Cristobal phrased it I believe was hopefully we'll have him back during the season I, I think it was something to that right nature um which is really just a tough break I mean Obviously, we've been huge advocate, advocates for Dollars getting more touches. Um, he's shown a lot of promise when he had in those limited moments where he has gotten the ball. Um, but yeah, another tough break. And honestly, we're pretty thin at running back by now. I mean, <clears throat> Dollars was kind of like the uh, the bona fide third guy on there. I mean, Trey Benson, true freshman, might will will probably be getting some carries. Um, yeah, and even he's been a little nicked up, um, was yeah. nicked up last season, and I think is supposed to come back during, uh, is, is working his way back during spring camp right now, but I don't think he's a full go yet even. Yeah, I mean, the good news is we got Verdell and Travis Dye still, um, which no matter which way you're looking at it, like that is good news. I mean, right. we're kind of in the play the kids crowd sometimes, but like you want experience, uh, especially well, when you're yeah. so thin. And as, I mean, especially after this note, news broke, um, you, you can't help but think like how devastating this would be, uh, particularly if Verdell uh, had already left. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely good to have those guys back for anyone who didn't think it was good to have one of the best uh, or better running backs in the conference back already. Yeah. For some reason, uh, this definitely cements the need for kind of quality experience and depth at the running back position. Um, yeah, so that was big news, definitely. And then in terms of the medical retirements, I mean, I think, um, you know, you definitely is something that just sucks to hear um, for all of those guys. Um, but, you know, looking at the program moving forward, I think, uh, you know, Randazzo and New were kind of guys who, uh, we maybe didn't expect that serious of contributions from going forward. Mm -hmm. um, uh, just, you know, given the kind of increased recruiting on the O-line and in the linebacker room. 
Um, but Jonah T especially, I think, was a name that uh, a lot of fans were pretty, sh- uh, you know, surprised by when that was said by uh, Cristobal. Um, and that, you know, is, is a big hit, certainly. Um, a guy that was rated really highly coming out of high school uh, that I know a lot of people kind of forecasted in a kind of Penne Sewell type mold, however un, you know, reasonable that is. Um, <laughs> people thought that he was going to be a, you know, a contributor and a really, uh, you know, quality starter probably at some point during his Oregon career. Um, so that's a hit definitely to the depth of that O-line. Um, but I think, you know, the good news is one, we got to see a lot of experience in the group last year, uh, even though it was a shortened season. Um, so, you know, it's not the same challenge that we had, um, going into last season when we were replacing all of our starters. Uh, we now have some, some depth there. And then also the other big storyline is obviously the, absolutely awesome freshman offensive line class that Chris Wall just brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly those guys at the tackle position, you know, Walden and uh, Sua Mataia, who are both top 100 guys uh, that were already kind of people were wondering if they could maybe contribute in their freshman season. This uh, kind of absence of Tawanu'u really, uh, you know, kind of, in, you have to think would increase the opportunity for either of those guys to maybe try to uh, get in a competition there for some playing time. Yeah, I so mean, with that'll be big with Tawanu. I mean, the guy had 16 snaps his entire career, and th- that was two years ago in 2019. So I mean, we're obviously wishing him the best. Um, it's super unfortunate, and we'd rather have him on the team, but like, it's it's not a huge loss. Um, and if you have such highly rated guys coming in to replace, then it's it's even less of a big deal. Um, right. Did, I, go ahead. Well, yeah, I just want to say kind of, you know, I think this is, I mean, um, you know, this kind of gets at the heart of like the, the whole thing about recruiting is about, you know, kind of building depth and building quality recruits and realizing that some of them are going to really pop and some of them are going to be riddled with injuries or, you know, for whatever reason, not pan out um, quite to the caliber of their ranking. But, you know, the idea is if you get two guys like Tawanu and Penne, who are both rated like, you know, rated in the similar place that they were, like around 70 mm-hmm. um, if nationally, then, you know, one of those guys pops and turns into a first rounder or, you know, top round NFL pick. And, you know, sometimes one of those guys is going to be injury riddled or whatever. So, you know, it's not a guarantee based on your ranking, but when you stack that quality depth um, and of talent and of highly rated guys, then, you know, you're usually going to be fine uh, in the long run when injuries pop up as they inevitably do in football. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the offensive line, we got some clarity um, in the second practice report about, uh, who was playing where and kind of how the depth chart is shaking out so far. Obviously, we're a long, long, long ways away from getting like a, a real substantive depth chart. But as for where we stand right now, um, uh, George Moore is kind of holding down that left tackle spot, it seems like. Uh, Jackson Light, Bram Walden, some of these newer guys, not yet getting first team reps, really. Um, but it's obviously good to see that, you know, they're in the system and we all know that we're going to put the best players on the field at the end of the day. Um, we got Forsyth up front still at center. I mean, uh, I think that's the right call as of right now. It's the, we're looking good on the offensive line. I think a lot of people will be much more satisfied with where that position group is at. Um, by the time we reach the start of the season, I mean, last year was sort of like, it was a question mark, um, just like pretty much everywhere else. Uh, but it was a question mark that we thought would be easier to answer than some others and turned out to probably be a little bit harder than we originally expected as fans. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, and we even had to like switch Jalen Smith over in the middle of fall camp last year from defensive line to offensive line um, temporarily to kind of give us some added depth there. Um, and so, it, you know, it doesn't seem like, 
we've had to do those type of things so far. Um, I will also say from, you know, from that Mosley report, he does say that uh, Kingsley is the, is the freshman working with the twos right now at left mm-hmm. tackle. So, you know, kind of, uh, it's obviously early and we'll see, but that kind of mirrored also some of the stuff that uh, Rob was saying in the quack minute and, and that whole thing, uh, you know, just kind of being impressed with Kingsley. It seems like the early leader in the clubhouse through two practices, um, you know, as what, as the young guy who could, you know, try to push for some playing time is probably Kingsley so far. Yeah. And again, that's, I mean, the sooner guys are ready to get out there, the better. I mean, we saw that with Panay and what he turned into. So hopefully we can see right. Matia out there sooner rather than later. Right. Um, all right, let's get to some fun stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of number changes now that we have uh, some practice jerseys. So I want to go through some of these real quick. Um, the number zeros, which are arguably the most important uh, or at least most entertaining. Uh, at corner, DJ James has taken that over from Lenore. Obviously, him being the first one to ever have that here last year. Again, I think a corner has to be zero. Like, one one of the corners has to be zero. It's just too good of a number to pass up. Um, we've got Traqueze Bridges and uh, Troy Franklin sharing 11. Um, that's kind of cool. Trey Benson is number one, which I didn't really expect. Uh, Jalen Red is switched to number six from his trademark 30, which I think is the most surprising number change out of all of these. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a throwback to um, to that, you know, DeAnthony Thomas obviously kind of made the number six famous in Oregon lore. And I think uh, Charles Nelson maybe wore six as yeah. well after that. Um, so... I mean, it won't be, you know, it won't feel weird to watch a kind of speedy slot guy uh, wearing six, but it will feel a little weird that that is Jalen Red. Another thing I'm realizing right now is that uh, pretty much all, it looks like all our skill position guys other than tight end will be like single digits for the most part. I'm looking through and it's like Josh Delgado, Lance Wilhoyt, and Isaiah Crocker are the only guys in the 80s, which usually is like the normal numbers for receivers by now. I mean, I guess it's different for every team, but like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Your guy, Brandon Dorless, uh, (laughs) took the 97 and said, you know what? Uh, Let's go to three instead. (laughs) So he's taking over Jordan Scott's number three. Love love to see Dorless earning the single digit number. (laughs) Yeah. I love single digits on the defensive line. I think that's great. Um, and, and in the linebacker spots, too. It's just kind of fun. Uh, like, I yeah, love definitely. the Noah Sewell, number one. It's just like, if anything, it makes him look bigger because his number is so small. Uh, right. <laughs> I, th- I think that's always a great look. Um, am I missing any? Damon David is four. I guess he didn't have a number yet. Um, yeah, Jalen Davies. Yeah. I forget if you said this, but he got, you know, he gets a single digit as a freshman. Uh, Maliki Matabao gets eight as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always interesting. Oh, the, you know, the, I was, I was going back and forth with um, Owen Tool. Uh, Owen 12, on, I believe. Owen 12, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> on, um, on Twitter about, uh, about the fact that Anthony Brown and Ty Thompson are yeah. both number 13. And we actually had to, Rob Mosley had to step in and clarify whether that was allowed to be kept into the season, um, which apparently it is. Apparently, I guess uh, you can have the same number as long as you just aren't on the field at the same time, uh, yeah. even if you're both on offense and both quarterbacks. Um, which unfortunately means we probably won't be running any two quarterback sets. But Yeah, whatever. no two quarterback sets. guess I'll have to guys, wait for that to become popularized. But I'm telling you, that's an... Two quarterback sets and laterals, next wave of football. Anyways, uh, they're not even <laughs> the only 13s, though. Brian Addison is also 13. And, 13. Oh, and speaking yes. of roster changes, he is now on defense, right? Right. Right, sure. which we saw kind of at the, at the end of that, at the end of last season, uh, kind of start to transition. But now it seems like that's cemented in. And I think, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, DeRuder was coming out um, in his recent 
conference and said that he expects he expects Brian Addison to be uh, utilized a bit more at the safety spot than the corner spot. Um, thought that was just kind of a more natural fit uh, given his size and stuff. So, um, but yeah, you know that'll be interesting to see. Uh, he was a two-way guy coming out of high school too. Um, so, uh, you know, I think there's possibility he could contribute, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, are there any I miss? I can't tell. Um, I got some new numbers, but not a lot of, uh, changes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, this is just kind of fun stuff to do. So go pull up the GoDucks roster and scroll through it yourself. Yeah. Like I'm literally doing right now. (laughs) Oh, Keith Brown, 21 inside linebacker. That's the other one I wanted to mention. I think that was cool. Yeah. 21 is kind of like my sort of default number. I, I like 21 a lot. Um, a little Michael James there. Yeah, Michael James and Diego Chara <laughs> for you Timbers fans. <laughs> Which shout out Timbers starting the season in a couple of days. Um, and Joel Embiid, you know, it's a nice, nice neutral number. Uh, okay, I think that wraps up uh, what we have for roster stuff from spring changes. Um, so let's just take a look at the scholarship chart overall. Um, we're again, like I said earlier, we're a long way from knowing what the day one depth chart will look like. Um, and for that matter, even that will probably be way different than what the end of season depth chart looks like. But I, I have reasons for thinking that, but <laughs> save them. Real, let's just go real quick through each position group, do like less than two minutes on each one. Um, where do you want to start? Quarterback? Yeah, let's just go you know, conventionally start quarterback. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, everyone kind of knows the deal here. It's a battle between, uh, probably between Brown, Thompson, and Butterfield with maybe some Ashford on the outside looking in. But I tend to think those three are, th- are the ones that, you know, have a significant chance of getting this job. Um and really, we're you know we're kind of in the same place in terms of information as we were at the end of the season, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as Shock transferred. Um, you know, the first two practices haven't changed our outlook that much. And really, you know, with the availability being restricted to um, Rob Mosley, uh, we probably won't hear that definitive of a word on it, or you know, get yeah. a ton new information until um, we you know, we see the spring game for ourselves. Um, and I mean, I'm just already so excited to watch the spring game, actually see who are, who are getting the most reps, who's getting reps with what receivers, how do they look, just dig into that. I mean, even like Anthony Brown, um, you know, is like a, you know, returning player, but we didn't get to see that many snaps of him, Mm -hmm. um, last season. So just to really dig into, um, all of these guys in the spring game will be super fun. And that's just kind of what I'm looking forward to, to. I don't really have any expectations right now. I'm kind of fine with however it plays out. I think, you know, obviously it's exciting if Ty Thompson is good enough to win the job. Um, you know, he's, he's the five star. He's the guy who's like, uh, you know, could be a first round pick and has that kind of all that going on for him. So yeah. if there's something exciting about that, but if he doesn't, I'm I feel pretty good about where Anthony Brown could lead this team, and I feel the same about Jay Butterfield. Even though it's kind of a a less perfect fit, maybe in in Joe Moorhead's offense. Um, yeah, so I'm just excited to see how it plays out. I don't have that many expectations right now. It's mostly just excitement. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I think it's safe to say this is the most I personally have ever been excited for uh, a spring game. Probably yeah. overall as a fan base, maybe since uh, since Marcus was a freshman, um, just because people had heard about him but hadn't really gotten a chance to see him yet. Also, it was kind of up in the air after Darren Thomas left. Um, but I mean, this right, is this is Brian the same Bennett. scenario, right? Where like, you know, the the starter incumbent leaves early. Uh, this for us being shocked because we have a young hotshot coming in. So we want to see him as soon as possible, right? Um, right. But yeah, I mean, the biggest 
football spring, the biggest quarterback news from spring so far has just been that Robbie Ashford is doing the Lord's work on uh, both the football and baseball fields. So that's pretty and, cool. And he's been pretty good at baseball, actually. It seems like there's been some highlights of him popping up on Twitter and stuff. Um, I mean, I knew he was a real baseball player, but uh, see, he's actually getting some playing time and stuff. So good for him. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it was funny in the update. Mosley was like, yeah uh ashford <laughs> ashford got like an hour of reps in before he had to go <laughs> play a baseball game just a quick walk over to pk park though from awesome or from the practice yeah. fields it's got to be pretty nice um okay running back we kind of touched on a little bit i mean it's still verdell and die uh at the one two um the depth chart will the way cristobal likes to do it is we'll probably have them both listed as starters with that or in there um but yeah. you know whatever uh, we know that means Verdell's one and dies two. Uh, nothing. Do you have anything else to say about the running backs? Because I think we kind of already went through it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's mostly, um, I think, you know, yeah, Verdell and Dye, very much known quantities at this point. Um, probably won't be loaded up with that many reps, even in spring ball, really, just to save their bodies, mm-hmm. um, given how kind of taxing that, that spot can be. But, um you know, I mean, Dollars would have been the name I was super excited for. Um, so it's such a bummer to see to see him going down and, mm-hmm. of course, wish him a, a speedy and full recovery. But I think, um, you know, my t- attention then shifts to Seven McGee, the guy who we've been waiting to see on campus mm-hmm. for um, such Forever. a long time now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's going to be the guy um, that I uh, – I'm excited to see. I don't know exactly when he's coming on campus, actually. Yeah. Um, I forget that off the top of my head. Um, so I, he has not arrived yet. So, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to be there in time for the spring spring game. I guess probably not. Um, yeah. So that'll kind of be moving into summer, I guess, once, um, once uh, you know, that whole thing kicks off and the new – he can enroll at that time and all that. Yeah. So. Again, Trey Benson hype train. Get on now, I guess. Uh, yeah. Moral of that. Story. I mean, I, I I do love Trey Benson as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, me too. I'm super. I'm super excited for Benson. There hasn't been as much hype around him as some other guys, but I think he can definitely do some cool stuff for us. Yeah. Um. Okay, wide receiver. This is a very fun one because we have a lot of new guys coming in, a lot of good talent coming in. Uh, obviously, with Dante Thornton, Troy Franklin, and Isaiah Brevard being uh, the true freshmen now on campus, um, I believe all three of them are there. Uh, obviously, we still have Jalen Red, Johnny Johnson, Devin Williams, Micah Pittman, the usual suspects from last season. Uh, I think this really has a chance to be one of the best receiver groups we've seen in a long time. It might just mm-hmm. be a matter of staying healthy, though. And obviously what happens yeah. with quarterback because someone's got to get him the ball. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen great things from Johnson, Red, Williams, Pittman already. I mean, mostly just flashes with Williams and Pittman, really. But, I mean, we've had seen great consistency from Johnson and Red in the past, uh, at least in game. Game to game for Johnson is a little shaky, but Red is a dude you can already rely on. Um, yeah. But this... This is going to be good, and it's only—I think—it's only going to get better um, as, as we continue to have uh, a more important, um, or we view wide receivers with a little more relevancy now than maybe we did in the past. Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be an awesome position group to watch. I mean, having Red and Johnson back is just like the all ultimate safety net. Um, in terms of just experienced guys who know what they're doing, have taken so many reps in college at this point, um, especially having, you know, started early on in their careers. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Pittman, Williams, no complaints there in terms of playmakers um, who also have some reps now under their belt. Um, Williams, I mean, again, it's always going to be the conversation with him. You know, what's the next step he can take because his potential is so high. Um, and, you know, Pittman, I trust that he'll just keep, uh, you know, 
keep working hard as he always does and um, make an impact in the mo in those moments, uh, fight for every catch, all that stuff. Um, Delgado and Hudson, I like a lot. I mean, they're, you know, they're just gaining experience, gaining more reps. Either one of them could potentially pop and be, be contributors. And then the freshmen are so, so talented. Um, obviously, I, I mean, what Mosley said in his quack minute, um, that after first practice that Troy Franklin had like maybe the catch of the day, the play mm -hmm. of the day. Um, so that's like, when you see that as an Oregon fan, you know, it's like the eyes light up, uh, you know, cause Troy Franklin is that guy, um, especially as the wide receiver room, as the role of wide receivers only increases in importance in the game of college football. Um, I mean, we just saw a receiver win Heisman, mm -hmm. you know, Troy Franklin's that could be that guy, Dante Thornton as well. So, I mean, this spring game is going to be, again, so fun because you look at these guys, I'm like, we have four deep on both sides of the ball. Uh, like, mm -hmm. you know, we can run four wide receiver sets with, the you know, team green and team yellow or whatever it is. And I'll be excited to see whoever they throw the ball to. Like, mm -hmm. I, I I mean, I'm just going to be excited about everyone. That's kind of what that's kind of what I thought about, like when Mosley said that Troy Franklin thing um, that he had the play of the day, and I was like so excited. And then I stepped back for a second. I was like, you know, the nice thing about this receiver room and like being a Ducks fan, it's like he could have said any name. Yeah, probably had the play of the day, and I would have been like hyped. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, and uh, I, I did misspeak a bit earlier. I don't believe Brevard is on campus yet, but... Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Hopefully he will be soon. Um, I, I think you said it all. Like, this is going to be a great receiver group. And I, like, those little bits of validation, like having the catch of the day in practice and stuff, I, it, it helps, you know. It's a tiny little thing, but it helps start to, you know, build up the legend of Troy Franklin even more for us. Um, Absolutely. Okay, let's move on. Uh, one of maybe the most underrated position battle right now uh, is tight end, because Amen. Although DJ Johnson is kind of the presumed starter, like there's a lot of dudes on this team right now. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, six tight ends on the roster. Uh, just just for one position group. Um, Johnson obviously is the oldest of them. Well, actually, no, McCormick is the oldest of them. But <laughs> but scholarship year eligibility wise, I think he's is a year behind Johnson if I'm counting right. Either way, uh, he should be good to go, or he is good to go. He's been practicing. So is Spencer Webb. That's always great news. So is Patrick Herbert. Uh, Maliki Matavau is, I think, has an outside shot even as a freshman. I don't see why not. Um, mm -hmm. And then Terrence Ferguson rounds out the position group. He's also a true freshman. I mean, I, if I had to put money on it, it would probably be Johnson starting game one. But yeah. at the same time, like, we never really know what we're going to get from Cristobal's <laughs> rosters at this rate. Yeah, um, true. And, I mean, Webb and McCormick will surely be getting reps at this point. Uh, I, don't, I don't really – personally, I'm not sure how much stock I'm putting in Patrick Herbert, but – I don't know. What are your thoughts on the tight ends? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm a big DJ Johnson fan just in terms of his physical tools. And I've, I've said this before again, you know, if, if he can develop some of those more like tight end skills to pair along with his speed at, and his size, he could be a really good player. Um, McCormick, you know, at this point, I just don't have that many expectations for it um, just because we've been kind of told that he's coming back so many times. But I'm rooting for him with everything I have. Uh, and I think if he gets on the field and he's healthy, he could be a big impact player, definitely. Um, Webb, we know the deal. Great pass catcher. Uh, needs to work on the blocking side of it a bit. But, you know, I'd be, I'm excited for him. Uh, like you said on Herbert, um, you know, it, it's a little weird because we just haven't seen almost anything from him, really. But he's gotten he's, – he had great reviews at Sheldon – People have often said like he's the he's the most physically impressive member of the Herbert family. That's saying a obviously, lot. <laughs> yeah, saying something. Um, if if you're familiar with his older brother, maybe some of you are while listening to the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So, and then, and then the young guys, I mean, uh, if, if they can, either of them can find a, a way into some playing time, that'll be exciting. So it's exciting for me just cause I feel like everyone on this list has a ton of potential and getting reps to anyone will be really valuable for their development. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited again. Yeah. Um, Another group we kind of touched on earlier is offensive line, so maybe we can just do a brief overview yeah. of that. Something we didn't mention earlier uh, is that uh, Sala is uh, healthy again. He's practicing, which is great. Obviously, he came out of the USC uh, game, the Pac-12 championship last season. Um, so super valuable guy, huge frame. Hopefully, he can provide some good reps for us this season. I would assume he's going to be starting at, like, right tackle, which I'm pretty sure is where he was at last year for the most part. Um, yeah, he yeah, he was at um, – yeah, because they did kind of the six-man rotation thing, so sometimes he slid into guard. Yeah. Um, but he spent a lot of time at tackle too. Yeah. Um, and, again, as for the rest of the line, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same guys. Uh, Ryan Walk probably at right guard. I would assume Forsyth at center – well, I mean, and he's been taking uh, first team reps at center with Dennis second and the freshman Jackson Light third. Uh, left guard, probably going to be TJ Bass and left tackle George Moore, I would imagine. Um, although Stephen Jones probably fits in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we just don't really know yet. Yeah, yeah. We, we touched on it a lot. I mean, I've said this before, but TJ Bass is a guy I'm looking to pop definitely kind of second year in a power five program after being a Juco guy. Um, and then uh, in terms of guys who I think could push for, for playing time, um, Dennis and Harper are two sophomores. I definitely have my eye on uh, who have made some impressions early, but haven't really saw, seen the field. And then Stuart Matia uh, Kingsley, of course, is kind of the guy that um, from that freshman group looks like he maybe has the chance so far. Yep. Again, we had that uh, one medical retirement, but doesn't affect everything too much. Um, okay, on to the defense. Uh, D-line. Again, kind of some usual suspects. Obviously, Jordan Scott is gone, um, but Kayvon is here for presumably his last year. Uh, so let's go out there and make the most of it, right? <laughs> I mean, Popo Malve uh, should be good to go this season at nose tackle. And then on the other end, Brandon Dorless, I'm assuming, is going to step into that starting spot. Uh, Keon Ware-Hudson maybe challenges him for that. We saw some good reps from both of them last season, um, as well as Christian Williams, although he, I mean, is more of an inside guy. So what do you think of this position group? Where are we at? Yeah, well, we actually have a question sliding in right under the right under the bell from uh, the the main man over at Ducks Digest himself, Max. He says, "Who's next up on the defensive line alongside Kayvon Thibodeau?" Uh, kind of a softball for me if you if you've listened to the podcast. <laughs> it's Brandon Dorless. Brandon Dorless, the single digit magic, is gonna take over. This is like this is the year that the draft stock is going to shoot through the roof. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to get those double teams on one side, and Dorless is going to be taking it over, <laughs> using his basketball experience with the spin moves on the other side. Um, it's I think it's I truly think it will be a breakout year for Dorless. Um, and then other than that, I mean Popo's a solid option. Christian Williams is a guy to watch, definitely. Um, and then I think, you know, the other thing is is we have to remember, and I have to remind myself of this a lot, is I'm kind of had shifted my whole brain over the past few years to think about things in terms of the Andy Avalos defense mm -hmm. and the edge guys and um, the stud and yeah. all and all of that. You know, we're not in that anymore. We have a new defense. We have DeRuiter. And there could, you know, come with some shifts there you know, in the way that DeRuiter likes to play, guys might move around, whether it's Kayvon kind of popping out into a stand-up um, role a little more, um, kind of experimenting with him in kind of a Von Miller type of situation, mm -hmm. or maybe guys like Adrian Jackson and Mace Funa coming down to the line a little more as real edge rushers. Uh, so, I mean, if, if Mace comes down, if, if, if he, you know, evolves into a D lineman more he's obviously 
you know, big and powerful enough to do that, and he gets his conditioning down this offseason, Mace can be an awesome player for us, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think those those are the guys I'm looking at um, mostly. Keon Ware Hudson also will, uh, you know, continue to get some playing time, I think, definitely, after the departure of Jordan Scott and Austin Follow. Real quick, uh, Jason Jones, do you see him fitting in anywhere? I mean, this is a guy who was pretty highly touted, um, four-star coming out of high school from Alabama. I mean... Was a Bama commit to? Yeah, exactly. Um, do you do you think we see any reps for him this season? Yeah, that's that's definitely another guy I'm I'm thinking of. You know, um, I mean, I think you know it really does depend uh, what Deruder chooses to do because if he's looking for that huge, you know, nose tackle kind of what Jordan was early in his just early in his career to kind of anchor that interior of the D line, Jason Jones is a big dude. Um, he can definitely do that. So I think, uh, there's some potential there. Definitely. I mean, Popo has the inside, uh, edge probably at the DT spot right now. Um, but I think, I, you know, I definitely think there's some potential for Jason, uh, in there. Also, Mikhail Afaisi is another big guy, um, who had a, who kind of really came on at the end of his high school career. Mm -hmm. Um, and his stock was kind of blowing up as he came into Oregon. So I think uh, both those guys are guys that, you know, you just have to wait and see how they develop, how the offseason goes. But you can't write them off as guys who could pop and kind of be major contributors. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like you kind of touched on, we don't really know exactly what DeRoyder's defense is going to look like with us yet. Um, we can hypothesize about different things, but at this rate, it's, it's better to just wait until May 1st and see uh, what he puts out there uh, in the spring game. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I think both to see it on the field in the spring game, get to watch actually live football, and then also to just you know get that organizational chart in hand and see like mm -hmm. what does he label these people? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. labels don't mean everything, but it'll be interesting if if he maybe has Kayvon as a stud, as a stand-up guy, or an outside linebacker rather than a defensive lineman. Um, yeah, it'll you know it'll just be interesting to see how he categorizes all these different body types that we've kind of accumulated in the program. Um, so that's that's another exciting thing that is apart from even seeing the on-field product. Yeah, and I mean, I read somewhere it might have been a practice report or was either that or from a press conference that um, it's sort of going to be the def what we do know about the defense is going to be like a mixture kind of. Um, some things terminology-wise, uh, he said, will be simplified. So. I know he's run um, run a guy called the what was it? it wasn't stud star star position in the past so I don't know maybe mm. stud becomes kind of a hybrid to that or actually star might have been a nickel type uh, edge rushing safety I don't know either way we'll probably see May he mentioned um, he did mention in yesterday's press conference uh, he called Kayvon and Mace both the edge rushers so right. I mean maybe. We'll probably see Funa up closer to the line in some sort. Pretty easy transition here into linebackers. I mean, uh, Noah Sewell obviously going to be in the middle, um, probably along ISM, Isaac Slade, Matsutia, uh, Adrian Jackson, Jackson LaDuke, uh, Mace Funa, obviously some outside guys. Andrew Fowler, you probably get some reps there. Um, any other guys that we should be looking out for? Again, we had Samson New depart, uh, so unfortunately that makes the room a tiny bit thinner. But, I mean, as far as this position group goes, I'm really excited to see these inside linebackers. I mean, this is going to be a great core altogether. You got Sewell, you got ISM, and oh, by the way, you have Justin Flo, who is now healthy, coming back, and Keith Brown, two amazing talents. So, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just awesome. I mean, I thought, um, especially as the season progressed, ISM and Noah Sewell were, were a great combo on the inside. Um, and just having that experience together and now going into this season, I think they could be a real um, strong point of this defense. And then it's like, you know, we finally get to see the emergence of Justin Flo. So many ways that he could be used. Um, I mean, he's, I mean, like, you know, I know people know this, but just to remind ourselves, like people were saying this was the most talented linebacker to like, 
come out of high school in mm-hmm. like a decade. Mm-hmm. Like he is a, an insane uh, physical talent and an, just an insane football player in his instincts and, and everything. So I think that's exciting. His younger brother could, you know, could be really good too. I really like Jabril McNeil um, out of North Carolina, mm-hmm. I believe, um, as a freshman who I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe it isn't this year that he comes in and pops, but I think that he could be a real contributor down the road. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. And then Adrian Jackson is a guy who's just speed. Um, I mean, if, if there is that kind of position that's kind of a safety um, edge rusher uh kind of hybrid type thing yeah i think adrian jackson played safety actually in high school out of colorado um so he could be a big fit for that just with his speed his athleticism but still his ability to bring power his ability to tackle um so yeah uh, uh, great linebacker room overall i mean you know it's tough for me to say a bad thing about anyone who's a duck really but (laughs) I mean, we, we can offer fair criticism, though. Um, it's just like, yeah, this team is actually really talented. And I mean, the more spring practice progresses and the more that just kind of time rolls on, I feel more and more confident about a lot of these names. Um, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just how it feels like we've kind of had, uh, you know, some of that old guard for a while, that group that went from four and eight to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were obviously central in 2019. And we, we liked all those guys who were attached to them, but, you know, during that whole time, it was like Crystal was building this recruiting giant, and we kept picking up these young names that were, were super excited about seeing that, you know, were sold on what an insane high potential they have. And now it feels like this is a big year where all those guys kind of are, could step out and step into, you know, huge leadership roles on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to what we'll call nickel for now. Um, Jamal Hill was that guy last year, obviously had a breakout game, uh, in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. championship. Bennett Williams probably is backup. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Um, at safeties, probably going to be Steve Stevens and Verone McKinley. Uh, Jordan Happel is still here, I believe. Um, yeah. and then at corners, probably right in James. Uh, although we've, we've heard good things about Dante Manning. Uh, Brian Addison just moved over there. Jalen Davies is a freshman to watch, keep an eye on. Um, and I, I really like Traquese Bridges. Um, hopefully he can get some reps in there too. I mean, this is probably the position group I'm most concerned about, uh, being the secondary in general. Um, obviously we had Breeze and Pickett leave, uh, one before, one after last season. Those were our bona fide starters. Losing Javon Holland was monumental. I mean, that's that's a real tough pill to swallow. Um, but, I mean, Mikhail Wright is legit. We learned that freshman year, or his freshman year. Um, yeah. DJ James is probably, like, the person with the most, like, weight on their shoulders coming into this this year like it's really hard to be uh a starting corner like a first year starting corner uh even more so when you have to play a team like uh ohio state so we'll we'll (laughs) see how that goes again i think manning's length could could be a valuable asset at that spot but i mean i'm gonna let the coach make the decision of course so what do you think about secondary yeah i mean you look at definitely you know like you said i think um, you know, that corner room, it's just an area with some questions uh, and not a lot of experience. I mean, you know, there is, Diomedor Lenore is gone um, and he was a big, you know, presence last year that helped keep that group, crew together. And so now Mikhail Wright, you know, kind of transitions from kind of more of a, you know, cornerback two to a cornerback one and then DJ James um, stepping into like a full-time starter likely. Um, or at least, you know, trying to, trying to push for that. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of guys who don't have a ton of experience being asked to do, you know, a little more or a lot more than they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also a super talented group. Um, and you never know. I mean, like if, I mean, you know, we go back to when it was Graham and Lenore and then Mikhail Wright was a freshman and it was like, everyone was saying Mikhail Wright is a true freshman. 
uh, was like as good as either of those corners and mm-hmm. we should just play him. Um, <laughs> and so it's like all these, you know, uh, these three corners that we brought in, none of them are quite at, you know, were quite rated as highly as Mikhail Wright coming out. But like Jalen Davies, particularly coming out of modern day, um, you know, one of the best programs in the whole country, he could easily step in and, you know, having ex- that experience of competing at the highest level of high school football, mm-hmm. you'd be able to step in and ready to compete um, at this level and at least offer, you know, some reps um, and kind of help uh, help with that, you know, transition away from, from Lenore and all of that. But, you know, it is going to be tough and it's definitely with the youth there, um, and the lack of, you know, a lot of reps there, uh, it's a little bit of a thinner group. We're going to have to hope that we, you know, uh, knock on wood, get good injury <laughs> luck and all of that. And, and these guys stay healthy because it, you know, it, it is, it is one of the spots that it concerns you a little more in terms of depth and all that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anything else to say about the defense in general? I mean, overall, I, I think that it's, it's going to be a really, really important spring game to see the defense more than anything. Like, I know the quarterback battle is going on, but, like, we know that'll sort itself out. The defense, like, I'm I'm kind of nervous, to be honest. Like, I trust DeRoyter. I trust Cristobal. I trust the defensive coaches, but it's just a matter of personnel. And, like, if you have one weak position group, the entire thing falls apart. I mean... Right. Like we we've seen that before, right? <laughs> Back when right. we were like 129th in FBS pass defense um, in right. 2016. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I feel the same way. And in, insofar as like, I think Joe Moorhead, I trust a lot to, um, you know, as a play caller on offense. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, whoever it ends up being, there is a good option at quarterback in this yeah. in this roster somewhere. Yeah. That this that I trust the staff to find. Um, so yeah, then you look at the defense. I mean, you know, like we said, it, you know, it's going to take a lot of people stepping up. Kayvon's got to kind of take it to that next level, which we all think he can, where it's like, this is a top five defensive player in the country. Um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of everyone believes that, um, and Dorless has, you know, has to step up and, or someone else. Um, I, I would say Dorless, someone else might say someone else, <laughs> but, um, has to step up and take on that role on the other side, uh, and, you know, get that pass rush run defense going, uh, the linebackers, I like the experience coming back, like we said, and then, yeah, you know, this, the inexperience in the secondary is going to be something that we have to work through. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's just exciting to have spring football back exciting that, you know, we'll see these guys out there in Austin in just a month's time. Um, and that, you know, every few days we'll be getting a practice report from Mosley, a quack minute interviews with the coaches, all that stuff. Football season is, is finally ramping back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we still have one more position battle to get to. Uh, mm. This is one that was raging all last season. Well, yeah, all last season, <laughs> at least on uh, Twitter. Uh, I would assume the Cattleman is still going to be our starting place kicker um, when the rubber meets the road. Uh, Camden Lewis probably still doing kickoffs. I'm mostly joking about this as a position battle, but uh, I think it's pretty clear what all the fans' opinions are on this are. Uh, we want to see Cattleman, so hopefully that works itself out. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's that's not that a, I that's, don't, obviously, we don't have anything against Camden Lewis. It's just like, I think Cattleman can kick better. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Cattleman, Cattleman has been awesome, was awesome last year. So it's definitely exciting to have to go into a season and feel like we're in a good spot with that position group, um, or at least with the place kicking spot. And we'll see. There could be some movement on kickoffs um, and that whole thing. But yeah, yeah. Feels better than other things. I mean, another spot, um, you know, is is obviously like that. I'm always excited about is who are the return yep, I, yeah, men going to be? Going to get to um, with all the athletes we have on this roster. You know, you pick any pick any one of the skill guys, and I'm probably going to be pretty excited yeah, to see what yeah. they can do. Yeah, we saw Travis Dye do it a little bit last year. 
Um, I'm trying to think who was doing it mainly. Uh, did we see Devin Williams out there at all? I, I don't think else. so. I think I think it was well, Die oh, was right. doing a lot of the punts. Uh, Wright was kind of supplemental. He got you know he kind of got moved off of it. Um, it seemed like. Uh, as it progressed a little bit because we just viewed him as like so important to keep him out of contact. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was, um, I think Delgado was doing some. Yeah, I think Hud- that's right. Hudson might have been doing a, a little and maybe Jalen Red. Yeah, that sounds right. I think, I think that was the group. Um, but yeah, either, I mean, it's funny. That's usually, those are usually spots we seem to just have in the bag. I mean, a guy like DeAnthony is absolutely built for that um, right. with just pure speed. But, like, it, it's interesting to think about who might do that this year. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, even if a guy like Seven McGee, like, if he just was, like, that electric coming in and just could, like, if that's what we get from him his freshman year and he only gets a handful of touches but he could kind of lock down a return spot, that would be super fun. Um so yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see yeah what that looks like. Yep, same. Uh, well, we definitely didn't keep it under two minutes for these position group reviews. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what did you guys really expect from us? <laughs> um, yeah, man. Anything else you want to get to? Um, no, that's it. Um, yeah, just to I mean, again, the last last plug we've already give I've already given it a lot over this podcast. Um, but go check out. Uh, Ducks Digest, the site that I'm writing for, and Max Torres already has a bunch of uh, good work up there. Again, it's just uh, si.com backslash college backslash Oregon. Bunch of good stuff there. So yeah, go check that out. And keep uh, liking, subscribing to this podcast, sharing it with other Ducks fans. Yeah, yeah. the five-star reviews are huge. Uh, keep that up. Um if you happen to be a Portland Timbers fan, uh, I should be revamping the Double Post podcast with my friend, our, our dear friend, Reese Cole, uh, <laughs> soon enough. So watch out for that if you're a Timbers fan or want to learn more about Timbers. Um, it's really fun, I promise. Uh, yeah, no good stuff. To, I'm, I'm a listener of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're bringing it back after like two-year hiatus, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, great stuff. Kind of a shorter episode, even by our standards. Uh, (laughs) And, um, or I mean, even by our standards, a short episode for, for our standards is what I should say. Right. We made it under, uh, an hour 10 this time. So that's pretty good. Look Uh, at that. But yeah, hopefully, uh, keep your eye out for a special project we got going on. Uh, I won't say any more than that. And keep getting excited about spring football again spring games may 1st that's less than a month away it's kind of crazy but it's almost here yeah it's crazy such is the nature of college football all right man go ducks yep go ducks